Hello, fellow Disney fans. You're listening to the Disney Park Wanderer podcast. I'm your host, Emma Albertson, and this is episode number 52. In my recent episodes over the last few weeks, I've done a lot of content that's been more opinion-based on the trips that I've taken and comparisons between different parks. So in this episode, we're gonna do something a little bit different. We're going to look at the backstories to some of the most popular Disney attractions. I love doing these episodes because I enjoy doing the research, finding out fun facts and things I didn't know about the parks, and this is no different. I'm going to be talking about seven different attractions from the Disney parks across the globe and the kind of stories that went into making them because something that Disney is so good at is all the small details and the histories to their rides. So stick around for that. Before we get into those backstories though, let's have a look at the news roundup for this week. First up, something I'm quite excited about, they have just dropped the trailer for the new live action Cruella DeVille film called Cruella. Now I am a sucker for any film that is kind of focusing on the Disney villains because I find it so interesting. It's not something that we get to see very often because Disney films tend to focus on the good character, quote unquote, like a prince or a princess. So I always find it fascinating to have a more in-depth look to a Disney villain why are they this way? Why did they become a villain? And Cruella is going to be so much fun. If you're interested, you can find the trailer, you know, online most places. And in the trailer, we get to see Emma Stone. She looks like she's taken Cruella Deville's personality in her stride. I love her evil diabolical laugh. Really looking forward to seeing it. Even just the scenes you see in the film, like the dress that's in flames, it just looks like it's gonna be a really good time. And that is due to come out in May. So that's super exciting. Check out the trailer. Next up, Disney World has released a few details about what we can expect for their 50th anniversary celebration, which will be starting in October. There's not too much information yet, but they have announced the color for the celebration period. We both, we all know that Disney World loves to have a color theme for different collections they design. And for the 50th anniversary, it's going to be iridescent, ear. See what they did there? Basically, iridescent is going to be a kind of shimmery, bluey, purple, glittery style thing. So pretty celebration-y, I guess you could say. Now, this color is going to be spreading its way across the parks with new merchandise, food. But the other big news is that they have told us that all four parks are gonna have their icon decorated for the celebration. So Magic Kingdom, we can see the castle having golden highlights and bunting, fun decorations. The Tree of Life is gonna be having a quick makeover with lights and fireflies effect. They are going to be making the Tower of Terror as well, have some kind of updates for the celebration. And then last but not least, the Spaceship Earth Ball in Epcot is going to be having some type of nighttime projection. So it looks like the galaxy or the night sky, so to speak of. But that one at Epcot is going to be permanent beyond the typical year to 18 months that the other celebration style decorations will last on the other icons. So that's something to look forward to. And I'll let you know as we find out more information about about what we can expect starting in October this year for the celebrations. 
Next up, Animal Kingdom, bringing in some fun activities to celebrate the release of Raya the Last Dragon, which is coming out very, very soon. So the biggest thing that they've done is at the Discovery stage, they've been building a huge sand sculpture to celebrate the film with all the different characters in it. This beautiful sand sculpture is 40 foot big and it has taken three days of 24 hours of work to put it together it looks really cute and fun so if you're heading to disney world anytime soon it will be up until the end of march make sure you check it out and also to celebrate raya they have got a new experience at the animation experience which is by the um Ooh, I can't remember what it's called, the affection station or something like that. It's by Rafiki's Planet Watch. You take the train out and you can go to a petting zoo, but they have a fun area there where you can learn how to draw characters. And starting from today, so February 22nd, 2021, they're going to start introducing those classes to draw characters from the brand new film. So that's really exciting too. Last but not least, let's talk a little bit about merchandise. First up, we know I love a good Dooney and Bork <laughs> collaboration, and the new collection from Dooney and Bork is dropping today. The design is inspired by the Skyliner. It's a really fun, brightly colored design with different Skyliner gondolas in different colors with different characters on it. So that's a lot of fun, especially if you like the merchandise that's designed for different areas of the park, because it could also be kind of nostalgic in futures to come. So if you like that kind of look you should check out the collection also merchandise wise shop disney have dropped a new kitchen variety merchandise that you would use in your kitchen so things like aprons tea towels oven mitts they've got cool fun designs like vintage disney park style vibes they've also got the orange bird on some of their things there's also some designs inspired by rides like the tiki room the haunted mansion so you're looking at about $15 for an oven mitt, $20 for a tea towel, and $35 for an apron, but they've got some really cute and fun designs. So if you're a Disney fan and you want to brighten up your cooking or your kitchen, this could be a great place to start. Okay, let's dive into seven backstories to popular Disney attractions around the world. Enjoy! attractions I'm going to be talking about are all located in Animal Kingdom in Walt Disney World. Animal Kingdom is one of my favorite theme parks I've ever been to. I think they do such a great job at making you feel like you're crossing through the world. They integrate the different cultures with the animals and the fun rides and they do such a great job with the attention to detail and really putting a lot of thought into the imaginary scenarios that they're creating. So the first ride that we're going to talk about is actually one of my favorites in the park and that's Expedition Everest and I'm sure those of you who have been to Disney World remember that area very clearly. It's supposed to be like a small Himalayan town, they have those fun prayer flags up across the street, buildings and and temples and all this fun stuff. You see kind of an Indian touch to it all with fun bright colors and godlike idols and it's just a really fun area. But did you know the actual story behind the attraction? So Expedition Everest is supposed to be set in a place called Anandapur. Now Anandapur 
used to have their very own tea company called the Royal Anandapur Tea Company. Now this ride experience leads guests through a village that is known as Circa Zong. In the past, the Royal Anandapur Tea Company used this area as a tea plantation and then they shipped that tea that they made in Circa Zong to all the different places they were going to sell it by train and this train would go through the Forbidden Mountain Pass. However, there was a series of mysterious accidents on the railroad and eventually it was closed as they were kind of nervous about using it, especially when they seemed to think that these mysterious accidents were caused by the mysterious and scary Yeti. However, fast forward to our day and time and Circa Zong Village is doing well once again despite the tragedies they faced in the past and that scary, mysterious railroad incident. Although the locals weren't initially thrilled or exactly on board, the Himalayan Escapes Tours and Expedition Company decided they were going to partially refurbish the railway line and offer trips to those brave enough to go through the Forbidden Mountain Railway Pass which was originally closed taking them to the base camp at Mount Everest and maybe getting face to face with that legendary Yeti. Now this backstory I think is really fun and when you're lining up for the ride you see a lot of details going back to this story. They have Andapur Tea Company signs and pieces of paper up on the wall. Supposedly you can see areas where the plantation would have been at the bottom of the mountain. There'll be leftover kind of plantation ground. I don't really know what that would look like, but I've read that that is there. So next time you go and you're in that area, see if you can search all these fun details. Next up in Animal Kingdom is Dino Land USA. Now I'm not the first person to say that Dino Land USA isn't exactly the greatest part of Animal Kingdom compared to all the amazing theming in other parts, you know, including Pandora, the Tree of Life. It's just a bit lackluster and seems maybe lazy, a lot of people say. However, if you find out the real backstory to that kind of dodgy Americana dinosaur themed funfair, it makes it a whole lot more charming. So basically this is the backstory that the Disney Imagineers wanted to bring to life in Dinoland USA or Dinoland USA. So as we know, right next door to Dinoland USA is the Dino Institute Scientific Research Center for Paleontologists. And this is the area where you can ride the attraction Dinosaur. Now Dinosaur allows guests to go back in time in a time rover to get up close with some prehistoric creatures. So the same institute that offers this attraction and experience to our guests also has an internship program and a lot of the people who take the internship program are college-aged students and they like to make extra cash by managing a nearby restaurant. Chester and Hester are two local entrepreneurs in the area and they have a kind of wacky and crazy sense of humour. Although they're not related to the institute, they do not work for them. They decided to use all the incoming tourists that were coming to the area to visit the institute and the time rover in order to make money, some extra cash to their sleepy town. So what they did is they turned their sleepy gas station and its parking lot into a fun dinosaur themed funfair with attractions, fairground games and garish decorations. Now this backstory you can actually see in the park. There's lots of small details. There's Chester and Hester's 
um, like notice board and also you can if you really look at the floor you can see there's faint faded parking bay lines which is where Chester and Hester's parking lot would have been so when you see it that way and you realize that it's supposed to be kind of garish and not perfectly put together and basically a fun fair made by two random localers in a small parking lot it kind of you realize, well, actually, this isn't just a cop-out. This is what Disney were trying to do. The last attraction in Animal Kingdom is Carly River Rapids. This one is kind of a smaller backstory, but it just gives you a slight idea of how they came up with the idea for Carly River Rapids. Now, Animal Kingdom has a very big theme of conservation for the environment for animals and so they kind of wanted to bring to light another environmental issue of logging so basically the story behind carly river rapids is that they're set in a small town and this town is having problems with logging and people are logging and doing it illegally and in big quantities to make money and bring money to the town and a local lady called manisha garung she wanted to show them that there are different ways to make money that are more sustainable and aren't going to cause damage to their beloved town and the environment. So the Shakrandi River supposedly is created from the snow that melts from the mountains. And every now and then the Shakrandi River gets so high that it overflows, hence it becoming rapids. And Manisha decided to do tours through these rapids to show them that there's fun ways to make money without damaging the environment. And while you're on this tour, you get to see temple ruins that the monkeys have taken over. And I just really appreciate that Disney are trying to bring attention to some environmental issues, but doing it in a fun way and making it educational and putting kind of those ideas into their rides. Next up, we're gonna head over to the Asian parks and look at a couple of attractions that have different backstories, but that are combined, actually. So we're gonna start with Mystic Manor. Mystic Manor is a ride in Hong Kong Disneyland. I've spoken about this a few times in my podcast because it's a very unique attraction that only exists in Hong Kong. Um, if you aren't familiar with my other episodes, I'll just give you a quick brief rundown. It's kind of Hong Kong's version of the Haunted Mansion, but instead of focusing on kind of ghosts and paranormal like we do, it's more aimed towards Hong Kong's culture and instead they're focusing on artifacts and mysterious items that people find from other cultures and around the world rather than paranormal things. So Mystic Manor has got quite a cool backstory. Mystic Manor is supposedly located in a place called Mystic Point in Papua New Guinea and it's the home of Lord Henry Mystic, him and his cute pet monkey Albert, who is really popular over there by the way. Lord Henry Mystic is an inventor, a British Lord and a leading member of a global secret society called the Society of Explorers and Adventurers or SEA for short. Being part of this secret society helps Henry in his quest to collect some of the world's most unique and rare artifacts. Henry found this specific area of the world while exploring and searching for artifacts many years back. He loved the forest of Mystic Point so much, he decided to clear some of the forest away in order to build himself a house there, naming the house Mystic Manor after his beloved Mystic Point, of course. 
It is also in this forest that he found his pet monkey. He in fact rescued Albert from being tangled up in a nasty and big spider web. Mystic Manor finished its construction in 1896, and it was the perfect place for Henry to flaunt all of the things he'd collected over his lifetime of globetrotting and artifact collection. The house was inspired primarily by Victorian style, but the inside is home to a variety of different rooms with different designs inspired by other architectures and cultures that he had encountered throughout his adventure-filled explorer's life. Eventually, it turned into a type of museum filled with his wondrous items. For that reason, in 1908, Lord Mystic opened the manor for tours. Now people use his patented magneto-electric carriages to tour his home safely, efficiently, and quickly. Lord Mystic's favorite item in his collection was his enchanted music box, a box which he didn't dare to open as there was an ancient legend about the box saying that it housed malevolent spirits which would get into and animate inanimate objects if it was opened. And that is where we find the story of Mystic Manor, the idea that these crazy and fun and rare artifacts are being brought to life by a spirit. This whole backstory with the sea which is the society of explorers and adventurers seems to be a common theme throughout the asian parks they also think that disney explorers lodge which is a brand new resort in hong kong disneyland it's kind of like a hotel with themed areas is also a continuation of this secret society storyline with the idea being that this hotel is inspired by those explorers who are part of the secret society as there's themed areas for all the different areas like Asia, Oceania, South America and Africa where these members have traveled. Another continuation now of this whole adventurer's secret society is over in Tokyo Disneyland. Tokyo Disneyland has their own version of the Tower of Terror and as I've said before they have a completely different backstory. The Tower of Terror in you know, Europe and in America is all inspired by the Twilight Zone, but that TV series wasn't really established in Japan, so they went a different route. So the attraction in Japan is known as the High Tower Hotel. It is named after the disliked Society of Explorers and Adventurers member Harrison Hightower III, who stole artifacts from the many places that he visited both alone and with the other members of C, and then he stashed them inside his New York mansion in a secret room. One of these stolen artifacts is a statue from Africa called the Skiriki Utundu. New Year's Eve in 1899, Harrison held a party in order to display and show off his amazing collection, which of course included this African statue. A reporter asked him if he was concerned about the curse that the statue supposedly held. He said he wasn't afraid at all of any stupid curse, and in fact, to prove how unafraid he was, he decided to stump out his cigar on the head of the statue. That night, Harrison's body disappeared and the statue magically returned to its original position on a display unit in his study, but the statue didn't have that burn mark that the cigar would have inflicted. Fast forward to 1912. The Hightower Hotel was due to be bulldozed, but the Preservation Society of New York campaigned to keep it as an architectural landmark. They now provide tours of the hotel complete with Harrison Hightower's impressive collection. However, 
the Hightower Hotel began being referred to as the Tower of Terror because of the spooky disappearance and the spookier statue. Now for the final two backstories, we're heading back over to Walt Disney World and we're going to talk a little bit about one of their two water parks, Blizzard Beach. This is one of my favourite backstories, it's so quirky. So basically Blizzard Beach, if you don't know, is a water park that is designed to kind of be a crazy quirky combination of a beach and a snowstorm. So here is the backstory. Rumour has it, a crazy unprecedented freak snowstorm hit Florida, turning the sunny state into a permanent wintry scene. Due to this new landscape, it was decided that they would make the first ever ski resort, something you'd never think to find in Florida. Years later though, the tropical sunshine that we know and love in Florida finally broke through the winter and started to melt the ski resort away. However, after spotting an alligator surfing down the melting ski slopes, the wacky combination of winter fun and summer sun collided to give us Blizzard Beach, a beach with a snowy layer. And finally, a classic attraction over in the Magic Kingdom. And this is Prince Charming's carousel. It's a really beautiful carousel, it's by the castle. Lots of kids love this ride, adults too. But did you know the little backstory behind it? Basically, after they got married, Prince Charming moved in with Cinderella to Cinderella's castle. But Prince Charming absolutely loved jousting. However, he felt that he didn't really have an appropriate place to practice. So they started to build a type of device where he could mount a wooden horse, go around in circles and use it to practice his jousting skills. Soon though, all the locals were interested in this contraption. They wanted to know what it was. Could they have a go on it? It looked fun. So Prince Charming started to add other horses and other animals to the carousel so other people could enjoy it too. hope you enjoyed hearing some of those backstories. Let me know if you know any other backstories. You can write them in to DisneyParkWanderer at gmail.com. Now let's round off today's episode with my Disney fact of the day. In honour of the new trailer for the Cruella film dropping, here is a fact about Cruella de Vil. Though most characters and villains are assigned a whole team of artists and animators to bring them to life when they start making a brand new Disney film, Cruella was only designed by one sole artist, a man called Mark Davis. He is solely responsible for bringing the beloved Cruella de Vil to life. Pretty impressive. That sums up episode 52 of the Disney Park Wanderer. As always, thank you for taking the time to listen. If you enjoyed today's episode, please spread the word, like, share, follow. And if you have the time, it'd be great if you could leave a quick review as that really, really helps with the channel's growth. 
I hope you have a wonderful rest of your week. I will be back next Monday where I'm thinking of doing another one of my verses series because they seem to go down quite well. And until then, stay curious.